0: The Word of God not only is true, it's powerful, it's alive. Those who dine on it shall be made fat. <laughs> and there's no reason to go on a spiritual diet this time of year. The Bible says, boast not thyself for tomorrow. For thou know not what a day may bring. If you're a preacher, you're a pastor, you're, you give messages, you, the message that you've given is so real to you and this is the theory I have okay most guys don't have this my theory is this is the last message from me you'll ever hear or this may be the last message you will ever hear that saying God could come back this Sunday before you go to dinner <laughs> I'd like him to come back right now I'll be honest with you but you like, know, well he can't come back we got lunch and we got friends over well no man knoweth the hour of his return so Sometimes people say to me, Brother Doty, you're, you're a little intense about some things. Yeah, I do. No doubt about it. I don't know any other way. Some people like it. Some people don't. But let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And uh, Father, I pray for that you would bind Satan's forces outside this auditorium. Help us, Father, to look into your Word, Father. Your word, is, uh, your word is alive. It lives today. It says, Jesus was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So we know when we read the Word of God, it's Jesus Christ being pronounced over the auditorium. So, Father, as we read these words and these stories that you've given us in the book, and you've given us for a reason, to exhort us, to rebuke us, to praise you, Father, all these things... Father, help us to grab a little bit that we have today. Take it home with us. And if you choose to be here tonight with Brother Stan, Father, we may be just lucky we get another message. Father, just give us those messages to exhort us. Help us. Father, if anybody needs help, we do in this time and age. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Go ahead and turn your Bible into Genesis. I'm stuck on Genesis for some reason. And so I guess that's just the way it is. When you think about messages and people, you, God gives you something and you just can't get away from it. I've tried to do the opposite and I paid a price once by just throwing a, a message out that I was comfortable with and God said, okay, Kendall, you have a nice time. I can't have that. I got to live and believe that there's something in God showed me to show you. I have to live like that. That's the only way I know how. And so it's real to me. In Genesis 2, 2, 2-4, it says, And these are the generations of the heaven and the earth when they were created. In that day, the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. It simply states that there will be an end, a beginning and end of this generation. In Genesis 5-1, it says in the, this the book of the generations of Adam. In that day God created man, and in the likeness of God made he him. God tells us how he started. God tells us how this world came about, And God talks, because today we're going to talk about the generations. The generations. Um, and in Genesis 6-9, if you could look there, very familiar verse. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. I look out at the audience today and you say, okay, we've heard you talk about that before. Everything was going wrong in the world of Noah. Everything was going wrong spiritually in that time, Genesis 6. Look at Genesis 6.13. I mean, oh no, I'm sorry, Genesis 6 13. And it says, God said unto Noah that the end of flesh is come before me, for all the earth is filled with violence through them, and beheld, I will destroy them with the earth. Let me ask you a question. Does that ring a bell today? The earth was filled with violence. Noah was in a place where everything was wrong spiritually. And it said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. As we look through the audience today, I just wonder how many Noahs do we have today? And I'm, yes, I'm going to talk about that, maybe put a little guilt trip on you. But how many Noahs do we have in the audience today? Your mind already goes to, well, he wants me to be a Noah. That means he's a religious fanatic, unbalanced in a godly way. That's just not true. Just the opposite. A godly man is a balanced man. A godly man is a peacemaker. He looks for reasons to help people and make peace. And it says these are the generations of Noah. He was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. First of all, he was a just man. A just man means that he has a right relationship with God. I would assume in this lot, this auditorium, there's a most, if not all. Most men have a right relationship with God. I didn't say a perfect relationship. I said a right relationship because there's no way we're perfect. We're not close. There was only one. But he said he was perfect in the generation, comparing himself around, when you compare yourself around what's going on today, and it said there in Genesis 6.5, and God saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and every imagination and thought of the heart was only evil continually. 6 6 it says, and it repented the Lord that he made man on this earth, and it grieved him in his heart. Earth was morally corrupt, extremely violent. In the heart of the evil continually around, does that somewhat sound familiar with where we're living today? I know I say this to the 20, and we'll talk about it, the 20 to 30, 40-year-olds. But if you're over 50 and 60, those things just didn't happen. And the statistics will bear it, but I didn't want to bore you with statistics. Statistics. But in Luke it says, And it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat and drank and married their wives, and they were given to marriage until the day of Noah entered into the ark, and the floods came and destroyed them all. The economy was good in Noah's, Noah's time. And I fear that more people are concerned about the economy than godliness. When you talk to anybody Uh, They're going to tell you how much they hate Biden. I get it. But past that, the economy and what happened and where we're at and we're destroyed. I get all that. But what's that got to do with anything about godliness? More people are concerned about their portfolio and their money than godliness. And I'm going to say this, and it may hurt whoever's out there, but at least half your country believes in killing babies. Would that not be violent? Aborting a child is the most inhumane thing a society can do what did that child have to do with that well you talk about ukraine you talk about all the mass shootings that are happening but the society is filled with violence in 20 since the beginning of the year i had to look this up 600 mass shootings Well, we don't like to talk about that, brother. That's the elephant in the room. 600 mass shootings. The country is filled with violence. Well, I sure hope our economy gets better. Man, nobody wishes that more than me. Nobody wishes me that God would bless this nation and God would give us things and take care of our kids and our grandkids and our portfolio will grow and people will have good jobs and they'll even get fatter because they eat too much fast food and God would be good in that people were corrupt so in Noah's day the Bible said there was no good people because God said but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord today there were no Steve's no John's no Bob's just Noah but God saved Sodom and Gomorrah he would have for ten people and I'm saying this to say this to you men it's more of a, pr- a message towards men because we bear the responsibility of of being a Noah, maybe you're the only Christian, your Christian brothers in Christ, who is going to save America and save this country from ringing the church bells, singing the songs, and preaching the word of God. Because the more you stand up and say that stuff, people think you're nuts. So you've got to say, "Yes, we want to sing the songs." They sung a song, all married couples up there. It was truly inspirational. I got to admit that. That's what you do. You go to the class. You sing the songs. You, nobody rings a church bell because it's not to thing anymore. And you listen to the preaching. No matter how bad, you don't like him. Because what's the alternative? Well, I don't want to be a Noah. Why not? Why don't you want to be the Noah? The man who saves his whole family. If you have kids and grandkids, you will ask that question. We must ask ourselves today, am i the noah of my generation i had to look this up because i'm a baby boomer i guess generation x millennials generation z is today you need to be the noah of your generation and then you need to be the noah of the generation below you 30 years ago or 25 years ago me and my wife were in the youth department just believing we made a difference because we cared about teenagers then we fell in love with teenagers and we cared about the generation below us you gotta be a noah you can't just be a guy yeah you make a living you may do have skills you may be known in the gates and you may be an important individual but what's important is you are a noah in the eyes of people around you and here's why i'm so caught up about this turning judges Judges 2, 2 eight. <clears throat> Judges 2-8, it says this. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant under the Lord, died, being 110 years old. Verse 9. And they buried him in the borders of the inheritance of uh, Timothyrs and the mount of Ephraim and the north side. That's the study in itself. The north side of the hill of Gaash. And all, and also the generations that gathered unto their fathers. And there rose up another generation after them which had knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had made done of Israel. Here's a sad verse. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. There rose up a generation that knew not the Lord. That's why you dragged your kids to church. That's why your wife and you do good to serve the Lord and you're balanced in your family. Why? Because of the next generation. My wife and I raised five kids and we still are here because kids will torture you in every way. I expect my five children to be the Noah of their children and I expect my grandchildren to be the Noah of their grandchildren. You say, why do you say it? Because darn it, it's important. It's not important what you do for a living. It's just not important. That's how you make a living. What's important is when you look in the mirror and you see your wife or you see your kids, you see your grandkids or your great-grandkids and you're so lucky to see it, you got to stand and say, I'm going to be a Noah for them. I'm not going to get a gold chain and a girlfriend and a hairy chest and a fancy car and go somewhere. Why would you do that? Well, I I wasn't fulfilled. I just thought I would do that. Sir, you're a coward. You're a coward. I had hmm, one of those in my life recently. Just ask a young person this. Can you change a tire? Um, no, but I, I got this thing right here. And if I call somebody, they'll come change it for me loser I know you don't need to get the car fall upon yourself and you need to lose safety rules but can you change the tire oh yeah you no know, but oh I'm really smart just the guy who invented Bitcoin 30 years old sure he wasn't very smart can you change a tire your phone can't do it I'll call home I'll call my dad yeah call your dad your dad'll come out there as sour and tired as it is and take care of it for you First of all, I should smack in the head. Say, so lose my phone number for these things. We've lost many generations of important things of knowledge. And I'm going to say something that's just going to make some people just mad. If you have the Bible on your phone, God bless you. But if the Word was made flesh among you and dwelt among you, do you know there is evil in my phone? There is evil in my phone. There is no evil in this book. These are the living words of God. And I, if you use your phone, please don't get mad at me, but pack a Bible around. First of all, it makes you look separate and sanctified. And it makes you mean business. When I take my Bible to the, to the hospital, people look at me like I got an AK-47. What's he going to do with that thing? It's a Bible. Whoa. This is not a Bible, nor will it ever be. And I know you can have Bible stuff on there, and I'm not dissing it. Well, uh, I just believe to be... Uh yeah, so did the Bitcoin guy. Loser! He took all them people's money. Oh, uh, They interviewed him on TV. He's 30 years old. How could anybody have followed him? Well, he knows what he's talking about. You know, the guy better have gray hair before you listen to him. <laughs> well, that's what I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get all wound up. That's fact maybe one day they'll fire me. That's a good job. I'll be out there on the front porch getting fatter on the Word. Anyway, professing themselves to the wise, they became fools. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs 30.11. And it says, for the riches are not ever, the death the crown endureth for every generation. Proverbs 30.11. I want to get through these few that's just bugged me, and God said, I want you to talk about generations, Ken, and how important they are, how important grandpas are, and how important fathers are. I mean, not mothers and non-grandmothers are important also, but my goodness, man, if Noah wouldn't have done what he did, those women would have all died. It says in, generation, it says in Proverbs 30, 11, it says, This is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. Man, if that's not today, I don't know what is. There is a generation, verse 12, that are pure in their own eyes and washed from their own filthiness. You know how how much pornography is blowing across everything on this Bible that you carry? Pornography. It's got a demon behind it.
1: Well, I didn't know it had a demon behind it. Yeah.
0: It'll rape your mind. Go do other things. I can't say it because, well, he just said we could do other things. There's a generation, how lofty their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. Oh man, you just confront anybody under the age of 40 or 30 and try to tell them something. They go, Oh man, I don't want to hear what you have to say. The pride. And then verse 14 there's a generation whose teeth are swords and their jaws are teeth of knives and devour the poor of the earth and the needy among men. You know, God gave us these stories in the book for a reason. I say this all the time. To read it and think about it again. Because as the days of Noah, so shall come to some man. Guys, things were going good when he came. Financially. And our economy probably will rebound. I hope it does. And then everybody goes, oh, what do we got to worry about? You got to worry about the coming of the Lord. Because he was a God-fearing man in his generation and In Genesis 18, and it said, "And Noah went forth." And here's here's the crutch of it, where the bit guy, (laughs) boy, everybody lost billions or whatever it was. It's a big number. They're interviewing some guy, and he goes, "Well, another 30-year-old. I'm not dishing 30-year-olds. I I think he should be put in jail because I lost this much money. Well, why'd you take the word of a 30-year-old? Invented a money? Are you serious? Why would you do that? Well, I I lost all this money." Well, huh, that's what you get. We're following the wrong thing. It says in Genesis 18, that Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his son's wife with him. <laughs> the devil wants us to take shortcuts in life. And if I've offended you, I'm solely sorry. <laughs> but he wants us to take shortcuts. And I'm sorry, there are no shortcuts. I am the one that wishes for shortcuts I am the one that wishes for pictures I am the one I am the one who likes it easy I am the one who wants room service I am the one who wants special treatment I totally get it but you can't take shortcuts with your wife your kids your family and church and God you will pay a price and you'll go oh oh, what, what, what just happened what just happened? I don't know what just happened. I, my, I, I don't know what's wrong? Whoa, you wanted to take the shortcut, the easy road, the hare and the tortoise. Grandfathers, husbands, men, teenagers, do not underestimate the power of God in your life. Noah's whole family was saved because of him. My brother-in-law, I don't know if he's here, but every time we go do something long years ago and something would go a haymaker, Doug would say, boss, we got to pray. Why? I go well, just for donuts or whatever. But he'd pray for everything. I go, man. Yeah, is that what what's came down to praying? <clears throat> Noah's whole family was saved because of him. Can I find a Noah? Well, brother, I I don't want to be a Noah. He had to build a, yeah. Okay, I get the ark. God ain't asking you to build an ark, and God's asking you to build a family, build a relationship. And here's the funny part: once you start doing that. <laughs> and standing up for the things of God and your wife and your kids. Oh, here he comes a-knocking. I had very little sleep last night. He just came a-knocking at my door because he knew I was going to talk about this. Well, brother, that's a little heavy for me. You know what? Get in the race and get in the fight. You either are going to get in the race and get in the fight, and I'm not saying you have to be just be a Noah. And you can see his wife and his son-in-law, sons and, his, and their wives, all were saved because of him. It didn't show any of their righteousness. Well, brother, I know you're going to get real doctrinal with me. <laughs> when God says he'll save your household, that's what he does. We decided to go get saved and do everything the opposite of what my family did. <laughs> 41 years ago, almost 42, it's January 17th. I had to repeat that this morning in class. But i'm going to tell you this wow is it true it is true it it really works is your life perfect absolutely not matter of fact it's probably going to be a lot harder because the devil's going to come at your door and if he can't get to you he'll go to your wife <laughs> and if he can't get to your wife he'll go to your kids and your kids will sure absorb it <laughs> why'd you do that i have no idea dad yeah i do The devil came to me, he couldn't get with my wife, and then he's in Europe, and and you said, okay, I'll do that." He comes and knocking. Psalms 49, look at uh, Psalms 49. Psalms 49, 16. If I'm a little loud, I apologize. If I've said something to offend you, I apologize. But it says this, in Psalms 49, 16, it says, be not afraid, now this is a sad Commentary: This this part of Scripture it says, "Be thou not afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. Yeah! For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away." Pastor always says, "I don't see a hearse, a moving van traveling a hearse." That's so true. It says he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not decease after him, though while he liveth, he blesses his soul. And men will praise thee when thou dost well to thyself. He shall go, verse 19, He shall go to the generation of his fathers, and they shall never see light. Here is the worst verse of that whole thing. talks about a very prosperous man, right? I know a bunch of them. In verse 20 it says this, The man that is honor and understandeth not is like a beast that perished. My biggest fear is my children or my grandchildren shall perish like a beast. That's my biggest fear, and God will judge my kids and my grandchildren just like He will judge yours." I had a friend. I was a jeweler, nice guy, in Nampa. He was in my uh, wedding and we got saved before we got saved. I said, "How come you do this?" You know he said. Because his mom, his wife, mom was saved. And we were not good people. He said, I just don't want to shame my mom. Because he didn't have a dad. I don't want to shame my mom. And I thought, wow, who thinks like that? I don't want to shame my mom. It says in Colossians, it says, even the mystery which had been hid from the ages, from the generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Do you know the one thing we have that nobody else has? We have the advantage of history to look back and see how things have planned out. We've seen about D.D. I was going to talk about that, but it's just a big subject. We've seen about all these wars and rumors of wars. We've seen what's going on over there right now. We see uh, history as it's unfolding, and it's just like, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? Oh, the Lord's coming back. Psalms says, for the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures for all generations First, look at your generation. Second, look to the generation below you. Well, how do I start? You look at your generation first, your friends, your influences. Then you look at the generation right below it, your kids, and kids' influence. I mean, I can't believe how many. And you know who you are. I've had hundreds of teenagers at my house. I had, we was looking at Texas Roadhouse, uh, Mark, and Matthew, and bunch of people We're in our lives. Third, <clears throat> look at the generations above you. I think that's the one that we forget to look at. I'm gonna say this not because I'm old, but I wish I would have treated my parents better because once they're gone, You can't do anything. Sad part is, I knew their cell phone number and I wanted to call my brother the other day and I called it. Just being silly, and there was somebody else on the line. Wisdom and instruction and friendship for the generation above us. We see older folks, and I'm saying this, but please listen. We see older folks come to the auditorium, they're very reserved. They're kind. They take their seat. They're very pleasant to everyone around them. They're respectful. In spite of losing their hearing, I can't hear anymore, and losing their eyesight, I can barely see, and they're living with a sort of pain in their body, but they don't tell anybody about it. They're being browbeat by the younger generation because they don't know how to use technology as well as them. They walk slow. They're usually a little slower, yet sometimes dangerous behind the wheel. They walk a little slower. And sometimes else... Something else in front of them, most of the time, if someone pulls out in front of them, they always let the other person go through. No, they're not in a big hurry. They will give, and if they find out there's a problem and somebody needs some money, they'll give a little extra money. Most of them pray (laughs) for the younger generation. And here's the thing about you guys, you don't even know it. If you knew who was praying for you, you'd be praying for them. Most Disregard the older generation because they're just too much effort. Just remember (laughs) the older generation built where you're sitting. They usually have more money, but they would never know it because they act extremely humble. To the other side, I'm going to pick on, and I told them, I warned them, so they're friends of mine. They've been coming here for almost 40 years. Mr and Mrs Phillips come to this church. They've been here forever. He was a builder. I'm sure he saved all his money. But he could go buy an F150 Cobra Ford which has 700 and some horsepower, I know there's other trucks, and it's raised up the top and they have a little elevator to get his lovely wife in and he could burn cookies out here in the parking lot and the big line going out the road. He could pass them all and and go, losers to you. People who have 10, have 20, have 200 horsepower, he could burn right by you and out on Overland Road. Why? Because he's got a million dollars insurance. He could do that. But they don't. They don't do things like that. They're reserved. They don't drive reckless. But they could demand special treatment, and they don't. See, they don't because they have wisdom and understanding and grace. Younger people should talk to these older people before it's too late. Because let me tell you this, y'all, older people know way more things than you think they know. And their hard drive is hard. That's why they're bullheaded. That's why they only do it a certain way. But man, some of the things these older folks know will surprise you what they know. It's better than a movie. It's better than a documentary. You need to call them up and say, hey, I know I'm bothering you. Can I come by for a coffee or something sometime just to chat? Well, well, I'm not going to do that. They can. Oh, you don't want to know something. Getting old, and it'll happen if the Lord tarries to all you guys. I was talking to Leon and Bud. Getting old, I think, is the ha- I know every teenager thinks being a teenager is the hardest. Every um, woman who just gets married, it's the hardest. Everybody has kids, that's the hardest. Every marriage, that's the hardest. No, you know what truly is the hardest in life? I can contest this is growing old. Things quit working. Sometimes old people have to take 10 to 20 pills a day to be alive. And if they don't remember to do that, that day's a bad day. And people look and talk to them like they don't matter. Oh, man, that's just the opposite. Getting old is the hardest thing they'll ever do, but you'll never hear them complain about it. Why? Because they want to be the Noah for the younger generation. When you see older folks come into this, this auditorium, you should open the door for them. Not that they demand it, but they deserve it. Well, hey, uh, excuse me, sir. I've been guilty. I'm going to get in front of these old folks. They're slow. <laughs> hey, you guys. And there he goes scooting right in front of the old folks because they're slow. I've done it. That's a, that's a shame. And if you're 40 or 50, especially if you're 50 in the 50s, it's coming like a freight train. You don't even have any idea. The generations are important. And taking your spot in the generation that you're called. See, God's called every one of us, and he knows us by name. And he's got a place for you, and he's got a job for you. Well, uh, we need some people to do this. And everybody go, oh, man, I hope I don't raise my hand. I don't want to go into that nursery. I don't want to go serve food. I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh man. Especially the young folks, what do you got going on that's so dang important anyway? I'm go talk to my friends. <laughs> Maybe they'll invent a Bitcoin and you'll go following them. My opinion you shouldn't follow someone a little older than you if you want to have a good life, because older people are truly smarter. I'm sorry. But thou, O oh Lord, shall endure forever thy remembrance to all generations. The Lord said unto Noah, and the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for I have seen righteousness before me in this generation. He said, Noah, I seen it, and I knew you had it. So I not only saved you, I saved your kids. And Noah's going, Oh Lord, oh Lord, how can I be saved? Don't give up on the generation. Don't listen to the news. Don't listen to the politics. Give your children and grandchildren the essential tools to live in this generation. Or, if we don't, who will tell them? The kid down the block with two moms? The kid down the block with two dads? The kid down the block who has transsexual, demonic issues? And it is demonic! That's who you keep your kids away from. Well, I don't think that church member's is up to par with my church membership. Oh, uh, mm, hell hell, yeah! Oh, really? What about your friends at church? What about your friends that your kids are praying for to lead to the Lord? Man, I'm all about it. Yeah, Daddy, can we? We used to bring kids every week. <laughs> what about the kid that needs saved? That your kid has a connection with and you don't, but you got to be not lazy enough to go pick him up. We did it every Sunday and my wife would look at me and then then sometimes the parents would come here and they wouldn't take their kids home and we had to take the kids home. I mean, my wife goes, but you know what? When we drove them home, one turned out to be a witch, but some preachers downtown seen her. She goes, you know Mr. Doty? We know Mr. Doty. Tell him I said hi. (sighs) Whoso therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this generation adulterous and sinful generation, of him also, shut him here, which he cometh in glory with his father and holy angels. I want Jesus Christ to be proud, and so do you. And the mercy in all them that feareth him from generation to generation but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people, should show forth them these praises who have called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. All right. I think I could be a Noah. That's between you and God. had none to do with me. I'm just saying, a lot of people, well, what, what, what could I do for the Lord? Well, first of all, you can be a Noah wherever you're at. Well, I'm not perfect. Well, yeah, neither am I. And neither was him. And you can believe the Lord. Come to church as much as you can. I know you miss church. I miss church. Read your Bible. Be a blessing to whoever comes into your path. Have a smile. Tell them how great God is. Because he's coming back. And you know the sad part is? Huh, He's just coming back. And all the people that I didn't tell, I didn't tell because I was lazy or I was embarrassed or it was inconvenient at the time, that I didn't tell. You know what? When Noah <laughs> got out of the ark, I've said this before, and they stepped on to have, stepped onto those grounds, boy, he was popular. And he was popular because he believed in God. And I've been on this earth for 63 years, lost and saved, been in business, been in the ministry, seen a lot of things. And I do know this: if one of the brethren depress you or freak you out or make you mad, they're humans. Everybody does that. But what you can do is say, you know, I'm going to keep building that ark for my kids and my grandkids. And then your grandkids and your kids will see what you did. And they're going to go, I'm going to do what my dad did because he was building an ark and I worked for him and I'm going to do the same thing. Don't think your examples aren't being watched because they are. And gentlemen, ask yourself today, am I a Noah in this sinful, adulterous generation? And I would ask you to all say, yes, I am a Noah. And I'm going to talk to my kids and my grandkids about it. Because it's so real. Because when they said it was going to rain, they said, we don't know what rain is. It's coming. We say there's going to be a rapture. We don't know what rapture is. It's coming. It's coming, folks. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come to you this, evening, this morning and we do plead the blood of Christ. I thank you, Father, for this word, and it was made flesh and dwelt among us. As I think about the story of Noah and how you saved his wife and his kids, and I think about him just being alone with you and believing in you and not, and not getting overwhelmed. I'm sure he had overwhelmed moments. But, Father, as we sing this song, I pray for every man in this auditorium to ask himself is he a Noah and if there's something between him and you may he come down and give it to you say okay God this is where I start being a Noah for my family my grandchildren my children my wife this is what I'm going to do today Lord Father I pray that you touch every man's heart in this auditorium to be that man to make a difference because God it has to start with the man and so many times they don't want to because The world says you're not important. Well, men are important, Lord. And they save and they guard and they protect and they love and they cry and they laugh. They're just people, Lord. So, Father, be with each man in this auditorium and kid and young man and every wife and child. And bless this ark that we got here, this church, to get us to that point to be with you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please turn your hymnals to four.
1: But stand, please. 427. Jesus, I my cross have taken. Jesus, I my cross.